Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. This is the second episode of our position review series today. We are going to be getting into the running back position. They have added uh, a lot of fun, exciting young talent to this position room over the last couple of years. So we're going to see how Bajan Robinson did his rookie year. What is the plan with Tyler Algier? How they kind of factored in that one-two mix? And then Cordero Patterson, you know, is he at the end of the road? Is, is maybe a return likely? So that is kind of what we are going to have on tap for today's episode, again, our second in this position review series. We just did quarterback, so if you missed that episode uh, and you want to hear my thoughts on the number one offseason priority for the Falcons, go back, give that a listen. Uh, these are not timely. You can check them out anytime, so bookmark them, uh, save them for later if you want to revisit before the season starts, see what how everything has changed. I encourage that as well, but today we are going to be diving into running backs. So we're going to get into that in one second. But first, it is playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, Bet Online, is the number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. From point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. So head to Bet Online and join today to get into all of the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So the Falcons, again, in 2023, invested their first round pick in an offensive weapon. Um, unlike the tight end with Kyle Pitts and wide receiver with Drake London, there wasn't a clear need for the Falcons at running back. And yet they decided to add an electric, young, dynamic player named Bajan Robinson. Uh, in his first year, Bajan Robinson had 214 carries, which ranked 19th. Uh, he had nine, 976 rushing yards, which was 15th in the league. He had four rushing touchdowns, only 31st. So, you know, not, not what, would, what you would want there, but, you know, we'll get to this in one second. But he had 83 targets. That was third uh, amongst running backs. That's you know, a great number. And it's kind of why they used, I think, such a high pick on a running back because they viewed him as kind of that receiver running back hybrid that we talked about, you know, last year when he was drafted. 58 receptions, sixth amongst running backs. So, you know, not what, what you would like if you have such a high target number. You'd like to see that reception number be kind of, you know, around second, third in the league as well. But he's sixth, so not too bad. 487 yards, which is fourth, solid. Uh, four receiving touchdowns, third. So eight touchdowns total, not too bad. But you would like to see that number pop up to like the 12-15 mark is, is when you're really talking about kind of the elite I think scoring running backs in the league, his 1,463 total yards from scrimmage ranked 10th among all positions in the league. So again, you got a top 10 player in terms of yardage production from the line of scrimmage. That's not bad. You know, I, I know that when you look at kind of what Jameer Gibbs did, Devon A. Chan this year, um, and some of just the younger rookie running backs who Bajan was compared with, it's easy to say, okay, he didn't totally take over the game in the way that we would expect, or certainly not relative to kind of the other players drafted around. You could look and say, well, could we have gotten Jameer Gibbs later on? And, and not yet? sure, but the way everything unfolded, 
I still think that Bajan Robinson makes your team better. And when you just look at the eye test, like he's so much fun. He's such a dynamic player. You can win with this player in your offense. The opportunity cost, you know, again, we can quibble with that all day long. But I think by and large, Bajan Robinson's rookie season individually should be considered uh, a success. Because again, you almost reach 1,500 total yards. I'll take that any day of the week. Um, the one concern four fumbles. Uh, and I, I believe that number is five if you want to uh, count kind of uh, fumble off of a reception as well. So he did have a fumbling issue. I think it's fair to say as a, as a rookie, but a lot of rookie running backs do. You know, I remember Tiki Barber going through kind of a, a fumbling issue early on and and Brandon Jacobs, same same deal up for the Giants. And like those guys figured it out and went on to become some of the best running backs of, of their time. So I do think that when you are giving a rookie the ball this much, it, you just take it as with a little bit of grain of salt that sometimes they're going to put the ball in the decks. Quan Barkley, I think, had a, a similar issue. I'm just naming New York Giants running backs. I realize that. I can't stop. Somebody help. Um, <laughs> but let's look at at who else they have kind of at, uh, at the position outside of Bajan Robinson. We'll start with Tyler Algier, right? His, his main number two, but really kind of a 1B in the fashion of like a work done TJ Duckett or Reggie Bush, Lindell White, like that type of one, two punch that the Falcons have invested in here. I, I really like, and it's one of the reasons why if you're, you know, Zach Robinson coming in here as, as the new offense coordinator, you should be really excited because that is a great place to start. You know, Michael Turner did so much for a young Matt Ryan. I think that, you know, the combination of Bajan and Tyler Algier, it did help, uh, Desmond Ritter in some ways, but it should also really help whoever they bring in here, whether it's a Kirk Cousins or whether it's a Drake May. Um, so Tyler Algier had 186 carries. That was down from, I think he had like 210 as a rookie, but obviously he and Bajan kind of flipped that a little bit. So you get Bajan kind of on top there as, as the lead bell cow, but 186 carries, nothing to sneeze at. 683 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 18 catches, 193 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, so five touchdowns total, and then zero fumbles. Tyler Algier is is not fumbled um, yeah, since kind of starting his career, which is awesome. You know, if you look at that in kind of the dichotomy with Bajan, it now makes a little bit more sense why you would see Tyler Algier kind of in that fourth quarter or down there at the goal line. I, you know, when we look at just who is getting the ball, it's very easy to say, all right, but this guy on Madden would be like a 92 overall, and this guy would be an 87. So give it to the 92 guy way more often. But everybody does different things well or different things poorly, right? If Tyler Algier is an amazing pass blocker out of the backfield, sure, he may not be the receiving threat that Bajan Robinson is, but sometimes you need a guy in there on a, on a pass play who's going to stay in, and and maybe then he is triggered to go out into the route, but when you look at it in the totality, you're like, why is Tyler Algier running that route and not Bajan Robinson? Well, maybe the intention was actually to have him in as a pass protector, and then he it ended up not working out that way, so he's going out on the route, what have you. I do think that the propensity for Bajan to put the ball on the turf in some of these big spots did make it much easier to say, nope, Tyler, your role is down near the goal line, short yardage, fourth quarter. We need to trust you. We need somebody in here who we know is not going to turn the ball over. So there you go. You arrive at Tyler Algier being in kind of that role where you would normally say, isn't Bajan a better player? Shouldn't he be down there at the goal line with the ball in his hands? 
Yeah. And maybe he will be in year two. Um, but again, I, I think that when you look specifically at the turnovers and the usage for the two players, that kind of aligns in a way that makes sense to me. Um, so finally, Cordero Patterson. He had 50 carries, not nearly enough. But again, there's only so many carries to go around. 181 rushing yards. That's that's a pretty low total. Uh, zero rushing touchdowns, nine receptions, 38 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, one fumble. So again, when you're looking and it's it's just like 219 total yards for Cordero Patterson, that's obviously disappointing. It's not, you know, what we... Certainly what we got his first year in Atlanta, 2022, he started out the year like he was shot out of a cannon, you know, like looked like he was going to be rushing for 200. Like he looked like Todd Gurley the first week of the season last year uh, in 2022. And then it makes sense. But John Robinson is added to the backfield. You certainly want to give him a ton of the work. And Cordero Patterson's role just kind of changes a little bit. And I do think he dealt with some injuries throughout the year. Um, I do think also just the nature of these games, if they had not been in as many tight games that came down to the wire, you probably see Cordero Patterson getting involved a little bit more. Um, But at this point in his career, I don't know what the future will necessarily hold for him. Tyler Algier. So he finished the year actually ranked ninth amongst running backs with a uh, pro football focus offensive grade of uh, 82.6, which is rock solid. I mean, if if you're looking at, again, usage versus kind of when they were used and how productive they were, Tyler Algier is, is up there in terms of just value that you're getting. Like when you put them on the field, good things happen. And I know that's kind of the frustration with some fans of like, well, why don't you use him more? Why did we even need to take Bajan Robinson in the first place? If you look at Bajan, he finished ranked 40th amongst uh, running backs with a pro football focus grade of 69.1. And the big caveat to that is that his fumble score just kind of tanks him in that category. Like if you look at his receiving grade or his running grade or what have you, they're they're pretty high. Like they're very encouraging. His fumble score is really, really low. And it's just kind of dropping that overall aggregate grade a bunch. Without that, I would venture to guess he's probably like somewhere in the 13 to 17 range, which, you know, is not great. But again, as a rookie, you'll take that. His best days should be ahead of him. So I just wanted to kind of note those two pro football focus grades because, I, you know, I do think that it tells somewhat of a story, right? Tyler Algier is probably a little more valuable and better than even we consider him to be. Bajan Robinson, the fumbles were the key kind of concern and maybe makes his season look a little bit worse. But if you look at a lot of the highlights and there were way more highlights than lowlights, there's a lot of reason for optimism. Um, so the players under contract for 2024, you've got Bajan Robinson. He's going to be entering year two of his rookie deal uh, and he will count about $5 million against the cap. Then you've got Tyler Algier, who is year three of his rookie deal. He's going to be just over $1 million against the cap. Like that is, that is really, really nice uh, having you know, a player of that caliber, just over $1 million you got to pay him. That's why I'm saying the value is is so nice with Tyler Algier. Then you've got Avery Williams, who's going to be on the final year of his rookie deal. He's also just going to be over $1 million in the cap. And I want to touch on Avery Williams here a little bit as well um, in one second. And then you've got Carlos Washington, who uh, signed a reserve future contract um, a little bit ago with the team. So those are the four players currently under contract for the 2024 season. 
no potential cap casualties from that group. Because again, like Algier is such a value. You're not cutting Bajan Robinson. Avery Williams, you know, I, I I don't think he's going anywhere because of his punt return value, because of, you know, special teams play and there's untapped upside uh, offensively. And he's only, again, just over a million dollars in terms of cost. So these are all very cost-effective players, which is why I don't think you're going to clear up any salary cap room there. Um, your free agents for 2024, Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Um, he is going to count $2.5 million against the Falcons cap, I believe this year and next year, just because of the void years that they kind of built into his contract. So maybe, maybe they figure out one a one-year deal to bring him back if he wants to. But I wonder how much of the Arthur Smith uh, appeal was the reason Cordero Patterson was here in Atlanta. And it is very, very possible that we have seen him play his final down uh, for this organization. So when you look at the salary cap investment and just kind of the league ranking at the running back position, your four players are under contract. Five, though, are counting against the cap because of that void year with Cordero Patterson. You have $10.5 million invested in the position, which is 4.18 of the team's overall cap, and that ranks 10th among NFL teams, which I think is a good place to be, right? And that's 10th because you've got a lot of options, right? That's 10th with four guys, but again, really five guys because we're counting a a dead year. And so when you've got some dead money on the books and you've got two really solid running backs and you're only paying about $10 million like that is not really bad roster management at all. So I think that the Falcons are in a solid place when it comes to the running back position 10th. You can live with it because it's not going to be that uh, cost prohibitive to kind of invest money there. If you're looking at what gets you ranking pretty highly among spending running back, like you can, you can be in the top 10 in spending and not, have a huge, huge number on the books because of the value and cost effectiveness of that position. Um, so let's look at the free agents and and some draft picks that the team could keep an eye on. Cordero, uh, I mentioned Cordero Patterson could maybe come back just for that one year thing if you want to use him in in some interesting ways in a new offense. But I don't really think that that is going to be in the cards. You know, I, I think that we have seen diminishing returns from Patterson over the last three years. And again, I really do think his connection was kind of with Arthur Smith. So even though you're going to have Michael Petrie back as your running backs coach, even though TJ Yates is still kind of in the mix, even though Terry Fondo is still here, I just wonder if if it was kind of that specific connection. So maybe he ends up, you know, in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Um, but that would be kind of the the one name just because of the connection already. Otherwise, maybe you go with a late round pick. Maybe you go with a, an undrafted free agent guy just to add some camp depth. But because I did want to at least explore any other options who are out there, I came up with two names. And really, it's just because, and this is a spoiler alert for pretty much all of these, at least on the offensive side of the ball. When I'm looking at some free agents who make sense, I'm kind of starting with like, all right, Zach Robinson came from the Rams. Who are other guys with familiarity in that Rams scheme or something adjacent to it? So the two names I have down are Cam Akers and Ronnie Rivers, both of whom former running backs for the Rams, right? So Cam Akers, I know he's not panned out anywhere. He's been pretty disappointing, but he's only 24 years old. 
And he does have kind of those Rams ties. And, you know, I don't know what the Vikings plan on doing with him. He is a restricted free agent, so they've got some leverage there. But if you're looking for just very cost-effective swings, maybe Cam Akers works. But again, there's a mouth-to-feed situation here. So maybe somebody like that doesn't work. Ronnie Rivers is another player who is going to be a Rams-restricted free agent. And they might like him because they gave him a little bit of run at the end of the season. Sometimes, though, that's also a little bit of a tryout for a player who may have some interest elsewhere. And I could see, again, given the fact that Zach Robinson was just there working with him, maybe that they they say, okay, he can be a very cheap fourth running back option to take into training camp. And he knows this. He can help our guys learn a little bit. Um, but he's also a California native, went to Fresno State. Maybe the Rams want to keep him around. Um, so those are two guys who, if I was just going to add another name to the mix, that's not Cordero Patterson. I got to stop saying uh, Cordero Patterson is a hard name to say over and over again. Um, Ronnie Rivers and Cam Akers were kind of those two guys. So let's wrap it up here. What is the offseason addition priority level for the running back position here uh, in Atlanta? It's not a priority. It is kind of the opposite of a priority. You are in a great spot with the running back position, even though you're going to be losing Cordero Patterson. John Robinson should take a little bit of a step in year two because he's going to get his first real offseason in a long time. Again, the rookie wall exists because players wrap up their college season and everything they're doing right now, the combine, team interviews, training, it's it's not an offseason. You go right into your rookie year of the NFL with kind of no break at all. And so this is going to be the first chance for Bajan to really go work, especially with a, a trainer, whoever he trusts on some real football on the field stuff, rest, rehab, get healthy. I expect him to take a nice jump in year two. Tyler Algier, I, you know, I think consistency is the name of the game with him. Like he doesn't need to change a thing. Love what he brings to the table. Finally, though, Avery Williams coming back. I think had he been in the mix, a little bit more this past year. Yeah, I don't know if he changes the course of the season, but he would have added a totally different flavor to what they were doing. And I think that he maybe took some of, like Bajan Robinson maybe had to fill some of that role that he was going to occupy. I think we saw a lot of screens from the Falcons this year. I think Avery Williams would have been a primary um, kind of receiving option on those screens. And he was already one of the best punt returners in the league prior to this injury. So you're almost going to get just that off-season addition by default with Avery Williams coming back. He will add a new element to this, this group next year. And again, there's some untapped offensive potential for Avery Williams um, if Zach Robinson chooses to kind of use him in that way. So the Falcons are in great shape running back-wise. But if there is a, a spot to be in great shape-wise, like, Running back, I don't know how much it actually impacts your wins and losses. Sure, it's great, but there's so much that goes uh, into having a successful run game that being set up at running back is nice. But again, it may be like having an amazing seventh hitter in your lineup, right? There's maybe some other priorities that are uh, a little bit more impactful to your overall recipe for success. Um, But I'll take it. The Falcons are sitting pretty at at least one spot, and that is not how we wrapped up our quarterback discussion. So again, if you missed that one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it and get my thoughts on where the Falcons are at quarterback, where they'll go from here. Um, But again, running back, 
you seem like you're in a great spot. That will do it for me today on this roster uh, or this position review for the Falcons. We will keep this thing rolling along the rest of the week and on into next week. So please keep your eye on the feed for our next uh, show coming up, which I believe will be the offensive line. So keep an eye out for that. Today's show, as always, was presented by Bet Online. I'm Will McFadden. You can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.